What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero. With me, as always, on a Friday from NFL Network, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. We're doing this. Well, you know, you're listening to us on Friday, but we are recording on Thursday night, so I'm having a glass of wine. Yeah. We never drink on this show. I'm just sharing it because we normally record, you know, early mornings. And if I drank then, I would be judged. I would do it, but I would be judged. Well, don't say we never drink on the show. We had mimosas when that's the 49ers true. and Steelers both won. And that's our tradition. When both of our teams win, we do break out the mimosas. Well, that's when they both made the playoffs. Right. If every time they won, we drink mimosas, that'd be, you know, that'd be a lot. Our teams win a lot. Why isn't that the rule? That should be the rule. I think, I mean, anytime for mimosas, I'm in. I mean, if they both lose, we need mimosas too, because we're sad. <laughs> right. Yeah, I really think that either way, we need more mimosas. Uh, it's funny because, yeah, we both sat down to do this and we never usually have anything. And each of us brought alcohol to the show today. I have a, a long trail ale. Ale. Long trail ale. <laughs> what kind of beer do I have, Michelle? Ale. Ale. There we go. I found out before we started recording that Michelle has a lot of trouble with that word and with the name Al. Ale. Al. Well, yeah, I can't say the name Al. Did I say there it? There you go. Oh, I said it. If I really, really think about it, but like ask me again in five minutes, I can't. I don't know. There's something wrong. It does not fit in my vocabulary. That is really, really weird, but all right, we'll just push past it. Uh, we remind everybody, please, please, please keep your ratings and your reviews coming. We really do appreciate it. We always say if you leave one, we will read it on the show. This one was left Saturday from, and I'm not making this up, Aragon, Lord of Greyhawk. Cool. Five stars. Great listen. In the beginning, I felt like there was a lot more negativity and what if slash shoulda, woulda, coulda scenario episodes that turned me off a bit initially, but... The 49ers in five drew me back in, and I've started to listen more to the longer episodes and have noticed that Stats is more balanced in his perspective now and points out the truth with an unwillingness to drink the Kool-Aid. If Stats is guilty of one thing, it is that he cares too much. He's a real fan, and that is evident. But he tempers that with rationality and provides great information that would be hard to come by, and he comes up with interesting perspectives and thought-provoking takes. Rob, you and Michelle asked about favorite video games we did last week. I'm going to have to go with Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, the original RPG. No computers, just dice, books, graph paper, and a group of buddies in a basement to play. Games don't get better than that. Started at 12 and are still playing at 53. Go Niners. Well, Lord of Greyhawk, first of all, thank you for the five stars. We appreciate it. And thank you for answering our question. That also means you listened to the entire episode last week because we did that at the end of the show. So shout out to you. And I know nothing about D&D. Uh, I, it seems interesting, but two shows I absolutely love the characters love D and D, which is big bang theory. And then also and stranger, stranger things. things. Yes, yeah. Of course. Stranger things is like the biggest D and D ever. It looks super interesting. I don't understand at all how you play it. Like it makes zero sense to me. It seems very, very hard and confusing, but if you understand it and you're into it, it sounds like a blast. There are not many things you can do at 12 and do continuously through age 53 so first of all shout out to you for that and there's nothing wrong with getting a bunch of people together and having a good time i've never played it i probably would love it because it involves storytelling and creativity yeah, you seem like a DD guy what the hell does that mean <laughs> you seem like you would have definitely played DD growing up 
<laughs> what the <laughs> hell does that mean? What what is it about me that gives off a D and D vibe? I don't know. I don't. I'm not making fun of anybody who plays mm-hmm. D and D. I just said it sounds cool. You seem smart. You seem intelligent. You seem like you would understand the game. That's all I'm saying. You are backpedaling like a defensive back right now. <laughs> uh, also, shout out to Rad Dog, five star review. It's a great show, and that always hypes me up. Love it. Thank you. Appreciate that, Rad Dog. Keep them coming. There's one more that I want to read because somebody sent me a DM on Twitter, and I meant to read it. It was actually from a few weeks ago, and I forgot, and I feel bad because they tried to review the show, but for some reason, they couldn't review it, so they sent it directly to me as a DM. I sent it to you while you were on vacation, and then you immediately saw it and got back to me and made me feel guilty because I didn't want you checking your DMs for me while you were on vacation. That must have just been a coincidence that I was, I saw it, but I, it was a great review. So I did not, I was not upset. Here it is. Okay. I've been listening to the Niners nation since the beginning of the 2021 season. And as I was driving for an hour and a half each way for work, so plenty of time to listen. I love it. I look forward to the five minute daily news bits each morning and particularly enjoy the gold standard and gold diggers podcast. I must say Michelle is slowly becoming my favorite caster on the show. I know, I know she's not a Niner fan, but She presents sound arguments backed by advanced stats and solid reasoning. She's wonderful and needs to get more airtime. Rob, you're just like me, a fan. We're both from the East Coast, so of course we're going to be more emotional than everybody else. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that review. It is always appreciated. And uh, I don't blame people, Michelle. The the Michelle Maju bandwagon is getting pretty crowded. Listen, I know sometimes I have some bold takes or like strong takes, I should say, but I do always try to back it up with sound reasoning and stats, most importantly. Uh, sometimes I'm still wrong, but you know, you gotta have those strong opinions. We're, we all love this sport. You know, it's no fun if you're like just in the middle of every opinion. You gotta, you gotta come with it. Come, come strong. strong or don't come at all, exactly. If you want more Michelle, by the way, you can always check out and download the Ball Blast Football Podcast as well. So get a little more Michelle in your life. Uh, we got a lot to get to on today's show. Today was a day of retirements, both former 49ers and current 49ers. So we're going to get to that. The entire draft class is now under contract. Huzzah, because I was sweating it out last year with Trey Lance, sending Michelle DMs every day, (laughs) panicking that he wasn't going to sign. It was ridiculous. (laughs) And also John Lynch said something about Debo Samuel that people feel really good about. That's sort of giving me a little bit of agita. So we'll get to that as well. Let's start with the retirements. First, my second favorite 49er of all time. The best running back in the history of this organization, Frank Gore, signs a one-day contract, retires as a 49er. I cannot think of a single player in my lifetime, and I'm kind of excluding Montana and Young because I caught like the tail end of Steve Young. But So since then, I cannot think of a more beloved 49ers player than Frank Gore. He is the guy that Niners fans will go to bat for more than anybody else. And uh, he's one of like, four or five NFL players, Michelle, that I wish could just play forever. I mean, he was pretty amazing. And I, it's so pleasing. Like, I just love it that he ended right on 16,000 rushing. Yes. Like that is just perfect. He did it on his very last carry four yards. He had to get, he got four yards on his last carry of his career to get the 16,000. Only the third player to do it in NFL history with Emmett Smith. And uh, who was it? Walter Payton. Just super impressive career all around. 
And it, I just love that he didn't take another carry after that. Cause what's better than ending on 16,000. And I believe he also ended on a hundred touchdowns. Exactly. Too. Um, I do not have that information. Sadly, I would have to Google it and I don't feel like so much for you coming with the stats. <laughs> I'm we like, left off his touchdown notes for some reason. He must have not been too high, but uh, he wasn't. Uh, he was just he amazing at everything yeah, he, else, though. So, I mean, he played running back more. He played more games at running back than any other player in the history of the NFL. He played 16 years. That's absurd. That is absurd. Running backs get tossed aside before they turn 30. And Frank Gore played 16 seasons. Well, and Frank Gore had a great run with the 49ers, brought him to three. You know, it wasn't him bringing him, but he definitely helped a ton, brought them to three straight NFC championship games for the 49ers. And he averaged 102 scrimmage yards per game throughout those three postseasons. Just, he was just a great 49er all around. I will always lament. He breaks the long run in the Super Bowl against the Ravens that puts him down to the six yard line. I think it was like a 33 yard run. Ed, he breaks Ed Reed's tackle. And I'm like, every time I watch it, I'm like, he's going to score. And he, he gets tracked down again. They get pushed out of bounds at the six. And then he never touches the ball again in the next series of plays. And the 49ers don't score a touchdown. And that's it. Like, that was his only shot at a Super Bowl. And it's just, it breaks my heart because there are still people out there that say he's not a Hall of Famer which oh, I continue he's to easily a hall of famer. Easy. If he gets that super bowl ring, nobody's saying he's not a hall of famer. And so it kills me that no, that... It, li listen right here. There's been 17 other players to have 2,750 plus carries in their career. 16 of the 17 other players are already in the hall of fame. The only <laughs> one that isn't is Adrian Peterson because he's still active. He will be in the hall of fame. Like, and he's third on that list. And I'm telling you, all the way down to 18, still made it. He is going into the Hall of Fame. There's zero questions about it. Easy. Yes. And I, I continue to say, he's not like an inner circle Hall of Famer. I get it. I totally agree. He's not like the best of the best of the best. But he absolutely deserves to be past the velvet rope. We're talking about a guy that tore his ACL twice in college. He tore it in 2002, came back in 2003, tore it again got drafted by the 49ers in the third round after his rookie season had major reconstructive surgery on both shoulders still came back. The season he came back, he set the 49ers single season franchise record for rushing yards and basically, you know, obviously played 15 more years after that. The guy is one of the most incredible football stories of all time, severe dyslexia. His mom had a drug problem. This guy has overcome so much adversity in his life. It's incredible, and uh, I look forward to the day when he's in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be enshrined in the Niners Hall of Fame next season. It is well-deserved. Congratulations, Frank Gore. Yeah, and if you're one of those people saying Frank Gore won't get in, change that real quick. He's getting in. Zero question about it. Plus, all the writers love him, and those are the people that vote, so he's definitely getting into the Hall you of Fame. You don't have the fourth most scrimmage yards in NFL history, and you're not a Hall of Famer. That's not happening. Right, and compiler or whatever, like, you... you the fact that he was able to compile is a testament to his greatness because the league chews up running backs and spits them out. Yet for some reason, all these coaches and teams wanted him on their team. I wonder why. So that was the first retirement we got. The second retirement was Alex Mack. This obviously affects the current 49ers much more since he was their starting center last year. Mack walks away, does the team a solid on his way out the door, 
reworks the contract, saves the team about $4 million, and then surprise, surprise, they sign all of their draft picks the exact same day this happens. I don't think that was a coincidence. Um, but this, you know, opens the door to some major questions on the offensive line. Who the hell is going to be the center, Michelle? I mean, so there was a tweet. Oh, do you know who tweeted out about the three options at center? Um, I could find that. I real think it quickly. was Akash. No, well, the the one I saw was not by Akash. Oh, Matt Barrows. Barrows, yeah, Matt Barrows. Matt Barrows from The Athletic. He said the top three centers on the 49ers depth chart right now, Jake Brendel, Keaton Sutherland, Donovan West. Sweet. Oh, goodness. A, those are all undrafted guys, which just seems to be the what the 49ers love to do, apparently, on the offensive line with these uh, Daniel Brunskill as well. Another undrafted guy that's an option to be a center, but let's go through these three guys real quick, right? Jake Brendel undrafted back in 2016. He's going to be 30 years old at the start of the season. He's only started three games in his career. So, you know, <laughs> are you going to become great after Hold 30 on. years old? What is this glee that you have? You're smiling. <laughs> yeah. You're glowing right now. No, because this is the most ridiculous thing ever that this is, these are their options. I'm going to get into how they can fix it. All right. I promise. But the first, the first couple are not going to be glowing reviews. Only three three games start in his career turning 30. But he started three games for the Dolphins back in 2018. Only allowed two total pressures, zero sacks on 104 pass blocking snaps. Not bad. He had a 77.4 pass blocking grade that year. All right. All right. Maybe he's an option. I mean, it is a little worrisome. He started three games turning 30, but maybe he is an option. Keaton Sutherland. I don't even think he makes this team because... Holy macro. He's undrafted in 2019. He had two starts for the Dolphins in 2019. Those are the only two starts in his career. He earned a 2.0, 2.0, not 20, 2.0 pass blocking grade in those two starts. I, <laughs> this is from PFF. I have never, ever in my life seen such a low grade. I've never even seen in the teens, I don't think, let alone a two. Look, anybody could get like a 65. How many guys could get a two? That takes real skill. <laughs> it's really, really impressive. I did not know that was that was possible. And then he was on the Bengals the last two seasons, 2022 and 2021. Zero starts, no playing time on a team that desperately needed people on the offensive line. Just no. Like he is not an option. Zero percent <laughs> option that you could throw him out there. Absolutely not. Then you have Donovan West undrafted guy this year who I did like he played guard and center in college. He's just over 300 pounds. So it's on the smaller side. He's probably going to have to play center in the NFL. His big knack knack or knock knock uh, coming out of school was that he doesn't have great upper body strength yet. He just turned 21 years old and he is on the smaller side. So there's lots of room for him to develop and to gain that strength. And in the NFL, you're going to get stronger. You just will. He he has plenty of time to do it, but he's not going to do it in one off season. Like from May to September, he's not going to all of a sudden be super strong and have this upper body strength that he needs to be a starting offensive lineman in the NFL. And then also I, I was reading on his draft profile in PFF before he was drafted. They said that he had severe accuracy issues 
uh, when snapping the ball, and he had a ton of botched snaps in college. You can't have that with a brand new quarterback. You just can't. So Donovan West is also, I don't think, an option for this year, at least not in the beginning of the year. I had Keaton not Sutherland that. is not an option at all. I had not heard that botched snap thing with Wes. You're kind of letting the air out of my balloon here because I was sort of hopeful that he could be maybe one of the un- the undrafted guys that sticks because a lot of the guys don't end up sticking, but he seemed to get high reviews from everybody. Herm Edwards loves him at Arizona State. The Niners have a good relationship with him. So you're right. That may be more of a year two thing where he can take over. I have been saying since Alex Mack's status was in doubt that if he retired, what the 49ers were going to do is move Brunskill to center this way here. If you had Aaron Banks at left guard and you had maybe uh, Jalen Moore at right guard, you'd have a veteran on either side of all those guys. All the inexperienced guys would be flanked by veterans. That's what you want because you have Trey Lance under center, another inexperienced guy. You don't want two basically rookies, essentially, right up the center of your offense. So I think that's what's going to happen. We don't know. The Niners haven't said. Uh, Brendel's been the guy that's been getting the first team reps in OTAs, but there are a ton of guys that aren't there. So you can't really go off of that too, too much. But it's something the Niners have to get solved because if they can't get the offensive line right, none of the rest of the offense can function. Yeah, I do think that's an option. So Brunskill did play uh, some snaps at center back in 2020 with the 49ers. 540 snaps. 546 snaps at center and then 538 snaps at guard. He actually graded out much better as a center that year, especially in run blocking 73 grade compared to 57 grade at guard. Uh, Pass blocking grade was pretty much the same. I mean, he's just been bad there throughout his entire career, 51 and 50, but at least run blocking, he was much better. He wasn't terrible at center and he has the experience with the 49ers there. So, you know, if they have to play him on the line somewhere anyways, I guess center is a better position for him than guard possibly. So I don't hate that. I just think they have to look elsewhere with free agents. And I assume your number one target would be JC Treader. A hundred percent. So 31 years old, just turned it in February. Like I said, I mean, if they're going to go in with, Jake Brendel, he's turning 30 or he already, yeah, he's turning 30. He'll be 30 at the start of the season. Very close to age. He had the second highest PFF pass blocking grade among centers last season behind only Corey Lindsay, 10th highest run grade among centers, fifth highest total grade among centers. He allowed just 10 total pressures on 587 pass blocking snaps. He has to be signed. Like he just, the 49ers should have already done this. It seems like a smart move. They've always kind of been searching for a center under Kyle Shanahan. They had Daniel Kilgore in 2017. Then they went out and they paid big money to Weston Richburg, who when he played was good, but really just got banged up and was constantly hurt. Ben Garland was the center in 2020 when everybody was hurt. Like I said, obviously Alex Mack last year, it's an important position for Kyle Shanahan. So it's kind of surprising to see all the guys that they've basically been rotating in that spot under Kyle Shanahan, they need to get some stability there. Doesn't look like that's going to happen this year. Well, if they got JC Treader, you could sign him for a couple, like three seasons. There's nothing to say he's slowing. And so, you know, obviously in three seasons from now, he'd be hitting that 34 age, but we just saw Alex Mack, who was a very solid center as well throughout his entire career. 
but he made it till 35. I, I just think JC Treader would be a nice sign. It doesn't have to just be a one year thing unless he's considering retirement, which he might be. Maybe he wants to, you know, hang it up and still be healthy when he ends the NFL. But if he's looking to still stay in the NFL, this doesn't have to be a one year signing. That's true. And again, stability, the more stability you can get around Trey Lance, the better. They've got the stability of the offensive system because it's always going to be Kyle's system. Uh, Trent Williams is locked up. George Kittle is locked up. Hopefully, hopefully, Debo Samuel gets locked up. But I'm not totally sure, Michelle. And that's the other topic I want to get to tonight. Everybody was kind of, you know, doing a victory lap when John Lynch was at the event for Dwight Clark and he got asked by Matt Mayoko about Debo Samuel. And John Lynch said, we haven't traded him and I'd be a fool to trade him. So yes, Debo will be part of the 49ers this season. The last two words of that quote are doing a lot of work in my mind, Michelle, because I can't help but wonder if part of the 49ers pitch to Debo is look, come back this year and we'll trade you next off season. I don't know necessarily that things with Debo and the team are totally cool now and everything is fine. Maybe it is. I don't know, but I'm just not sure. I wonder if the way they got him to kind of cool off is we won't put you at running back. Just come back for one more year. Then your contract will be up. We won't franchise you. We'll trade you. And then you'll get a big new deal from somebody else. I mean, if they don't franchise him, though, they wouldn't get to trade him, right? But, well, they could franchise him, but then he'll get traded. Like, he'll end up getting the new deal is my point. Yeah, and I don't think he's playing this year on his current deal. So I think they're going to have to pay him where maybe it's a one-year type of thing. I don't know how they would have to mess with that. Or maybe it is a longer contract, but they say they'll try to trade him next year. I don't really know how this works. but They I do could think figure he, that out. Yeah, I think he plays for the 49ers next year. We'll see if he does end up signing a longer contract with them. But he seems super adamant about not wanting to play with the 49ers. Was it all just for the money? Then it just seems silly. It was like so dramatic then because like give it a second. If it was just for the money, give the team a second to figure out your contract. A lot of these big deals don't get done towards closer to the season. TJ Watt's massive deal didn't get done till closer to the season. Like it can take a minute. So if, this drama was all about him only wanting to get paid and nothing about the team, then good Lord. If you go back and listen to Debo after the NFC championship game last year, he spends a lot of his post-game press conference talking about the brotherhood, about the locker room, about how much he loves life in San Francisco. So to go from that to, I want nothing to do with this team trade me. See like when seemingly nothing has happened except contract talks like, to me, it's clearly about the money. The 49ers seem willing to pay him. The, we know what the contract's going to be because it's going to be basically exactly what A.J. Brown got from the Eagles. So we'll find out if that happens. But I, just the fact that John Lynch threw in those two words this season at the end of his quote gave me a little agita, not going to lie. Yeah, and you would think this contract would actually be really easy if you did want to be with the Niners for a long time because it's legit just the A.J. Brown contract. You, you would think it would already be done, but maybe it would get way more complicated if it's just for one year. But I cannot see them trading him now. You're no, already past the draft. Not. You're not getting anything for this year unless you were to trade like player for player, which would be, you know, that's not usual. 
So I, I don't foresee them trading him anymore, at least this offseason. So I, I think he has to play. Yeah, I think that he's definitely going to play this year. We'll see. Hopefully this is uh, we have to break glass and do an emergency Debo just signed podcast. I look forward to that very, very much. Just hopefully not during my vacation. If you could just avoid that, that would be great for me. So I could actually take a week off. I haven't uh, taken off any vacation since I've got this job two years ago. You know, Jimmy G and Debo are both going to be traded during your vacation. I know that son of a bitch is going to get traded as soon as I go on vacation. <laughs> it's going to happen. A hundred percent. Uh, the entire 49ers draft class is now under contract. Yay. That makes me feel good. I am always skeptical of any reports that come out this time of year in training camp. Oh, this guy looks really good. He's in the best shape of his life. We're already hearing that garbage about Aaron Banks. And I'm keep telling you, do not believe it because it happens all the time. But the one thing I did see was video of Jimmy Ward covering Danny Gray. And afterwards, Jimmy Ward goes to the sideline and basically is like, holy hell, that guy is fast. That's very encouraging to me because, first of all, it's Jimmy Ward talking to a teammate. He's not talking to the media to hype up Danny Gray. Second of all, Jimmy Ward does not give a crap about anybody and will talk crap about anybody. So the fact that he was complimenting Danny Gray is good. Some guys are not as fast as their 40 time. I feel like Elijah Mitchell is not as fast as his 40 time. He ran like a four, three something. He does not strike me as that fast, but everything we hear about Danny Gray is he is, he is exactly as fast as he's supposed to be. And that's good. Cause that's basically why they drafted him. Yeah. Danny Gray, I think will be really good for the offense. Just opening everything up for Trey Lance. And I don't know how many yards Danny Gray will necessarily put up, especially in his rookie season but I still think he's going to benefit the offense, which is just a good thing. And I I'll never get over the Ty Davis price pick. I, I just won't. <laughs> so that's what I hold against them because you could definitely use more interior offense linemen right now to help you out. Uh, Zach Tom would have been a way better pick than Ty Davis price. I'll never get over that, but it is what it is. At least you have Danny Gray. <laughs> there are some weird uh, choices by the 49ers and where they spend their draft picks and where they don't. It's uh, I'll never understand their philosophy with that stuff. At least they did sign Ward at corner. They don't ever seem like they want to take a cornerback in the first round, which I don't understand because they could have had a good one last year and they chose not to do it. I'm just saying. Uh, you had one more offensive lineman that you wanted them to sign that I didn't get to. So I apologize for that. Yes, Eric Flowers. He's still a free agent, which I know it, you might say that that hmm. dude sucks, right? But he's a free agent. He was a ninth overall pick in the 2015 draft. He just turned 28 years old. He has a ton of experience starting in the NFL. And no, he was a bust, right? He was a bust at the ninth overall pick, but he was bad at tackle. Like he 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 was a bust at tackle, but then he moved to guard over the last couple of seasons, and he's been just fine. Like he's been a pretty solid guard now not up to your expectations of the ninth overall pick again but he's been a pretty solid guard he'd be light years ahead of anybody they have on their roster right now that's fighting for these guard spots and then if you especially if you move daniel brunskill and you have to fill the other two guard spots eric flowers is not going to cost you a lot of money he led the washington commanders last year in pass blocking grade he started all 16 games and then also he 
Yes, he was a bust at tackle for the ninth overall pick, but at least he has experience playing there. And so he would be insurance if Mike McClinchy does, you know, not ready to start the season or he does get hurt. I just think this is an easy signing for what he would cost and just to have some insurance of anyone with starting experience uh, in this interior offensive line. Thank God Trey Lance is going to be starting and he's got some mobility because I think he's going to need it. But all you need is is league average players. Like, not everywhere, obviously. You want some superstars. But, like, if they could just be league average, then I leave it up to Kyle and I leave it up to Trey Lance to use his mobility to figure it out. You know, you can't have superstars at every position. That's just not realistic in a salary cap league. Just get me people in there that don't get destroyed as soon as the ball is snapped. And that, that happened with Mike McGlinchey a bunch. It happened with Brunskill a bunch too. Like that's what you can't have. G- give us guys that are at least going to give the play a chance to, to develop a little bit. That's all I'm asking. And you're playing a lot of teams in the second half of the season that has a really good pass rush as well and knows how to put pressure on the quarterback. You have the Chargers, especially they had a lot of additions too. So it's going to even get harder. You have the Saints. You have the Dolphins who were surprisingly third in quarterback pressures last year. You have the Buccaneers. You have Washington who was six in quarterback pressures last year. The Raiders who were first. And then the other three games I haven't named are, are divisional games. Two against the Cardinals who knew how to get to Trey Lance last year, that's for sure. And then Seattle, which shouldn't be as hard. But those are a <laughs> lot of hard games there in the second half of the season where that offensive line is going to have to somewhat protect Trey Lance. Because I, I went over his numbers last week. When he is under pressure, it was not pretty. When he's not under pressure, it was really pretty. I mean, that's kind of how it is for every quarterback, right? But his were very extreme on both sides. And then in the beginning of the season, you have the Rams twice, which is never going to be easy with Aaron Donald, especially up the middle. Oh, my goodness. The 49ers interior offensive line against Aaron Donald. Oh, no. Oh, no. The weird thing is Brunskill has played his best against Aaron Donald, which is weird. But there are times when... For whatever reason, there's just weird matchups where one guy just has another guy's number. Uh, the the one I always go to is a guy I used to work with at ESPN. Eric Allen played defensive back for the Raiders. Actually, his last game he ever played in his NFL career was the tuck rule game. And he's definitely still bitter about that, by the way. Uh, but he always told the people he worked with at ESPN that when he went up against Jerry Rice, he always did fine against Jerry Rice. And he was always like, I don't understand why people can't cover this guy. Just for whatever reason, his skills and Jerry's skills, like he always did fine against him. Sometimes you get just weird matchups like that. And I'm not saying Brunskill shut Aaron Donald down. That is not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying he didn't get destroyed. Like he was okay. He was good enough, which is weird, but somehow it continues to happen. I think it matters what your skill set is, right? Because this is not comparable whatsoever, but I used to play basketball. And oh yes, here we my, go, Michelle. Sports <laughs> growing stories. up, and I was I was a good defender against like bigger, like taller girls that were strong that could really dominate under the basket. Typically, I was really good at shutting them down because I'm very physical and I I know how to use my strength. And I know how to guard them, but then put me on a short little fat, not fat, fast, <laughs> <laughs> opposite. Short little fast point guard, I'm going to get destroyed because I don't have the agility as those. So they're they're gonna ruin me, right? But uh it just matters what your strengths are. So you're a low post defender. 
Yeah, exactly. But I played like a point guard and shooting guard. So it was weird. And then, so it didn't really work out, but they would switch, <laughs> switch me on and off, you know, I, and then I would go guard like the center because I just, I, I wasn't as, as speedy as the other people. I like that. See, I, this is the thing we need to delve more into your athletic past. I want to know stories. We need to like get a flag football game going with Niners nation and we need to all meet and play that. How much fun would that be? That would be fun. I would play and then immediately keel over and die because I'm the least <laughs> athletic person you've ever seen in your life. I am so unathletic and just brittle. I cannot sit crisscross applesauce. Oh, I'm like, doing that right now. My body is not <laughs> capable of doing it. Sometimes my wife will ask me just so she can laugh at me at how pathetic <laughs> it is. Like, I, I can't do it. Like, this that body doesn't make not, any sense to me. It just, it's not flexible. The, the only thing I can do is sit in a chair for several hours and watch football. That's pretty much the peak of my athletic bit. And I can throw some spirals to my son. That's it. Well, that's good that you can throw some spirals. So you're saying you throw a better ball than Trey Lance. Oh, that's oh I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Niner station. Do not come at me, please. I know he can throw a spiral. He had I a broken don't... finger last year, yeah. Michelle. Okay. Okay. Which, by the way, it'd be nice if the national media could acknowledge that. I had I tweeted a clip from Rich Eisen the other day, and he was sort of defending Trey Lance, kind of. He didn't even mention that. These national people, man, they treetop in on these topics. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. They have no clue. Nobody covers the 49ers like we do here at Niners Nation. We are down with our nose in it every single day. You can't listen to these these national people that are a mile wide and an inch deep and don't know what the hell they're talking about. If you want the real story, you got to come here and, and don't listen to those other people. Even if they have a bigger show or a bigger platform, it doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. Truth. Very, very true. And I, you know, broken finger, that would be very hard to throw a spiral with. That would be. So I, I hope to see more spirals in the future. A spiral doesn't like, I don't care if it's a spiral, just as long as it gets to the receiver. I don't care. How I don't. Looks. I do care for some reason. Obviously, all that matters it gets the receiver. Literally, that's all that matters. But for myself and my eyes, I don't want it to be wobbly. Don't. Yeah, like why? Why are you throwing a wobbly ball? You get out of here. You look at that that completion of Debo maybe this is why I never loved Peyton Manning. I understand that Peyton Manning is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but I never liked watching him play football. I really didn't. I like him as a human now because he's so funny, but I never, I never was like, Oh wow. Peyton Manning's so fun to watch. I don't know. I never got that from him. I liked it because especially at the end of his career, like he couldn't throw anymore. He could no, not, not. His body was just letting him down and he set the record for yards and touchdowns in a single season. Like that's yeah, how smart that so. guy was. It's absurd. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger also had like 5,000 passing yards in his 37-year-old season. Yes, and? I'm just saying, you don't have to be. I mean, Peyton Manning is much better than Ben Roethlisberger is what I was getting at. That wasn't totally clear. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not that How many crazy in, of in wine today's have you NFL. Had? This is my first, but I'm almost done with it. And it does hit me fast. Wine gets me crazy. There you go. Maybe we need to start drinking every show. <laughs> I did. Normally I would go with the white claw, but I didn't have any. So I went with wine. Red wine looks like too. Do you drink white oh, yeah. also? No, just red. 
See, I don't get that. I'll, as long as it's got alcohol in it, I don't give a hell what color it is. I mean, I could drink white wine, but red just tastes so much better. So yeah, why agree. would I, you know? And then some of the whites are really gross. Are you but also, like, I cannot do dark liquors. Oh my God, I would rather just Like Guinness, like that type of thing? Like uh, any bourbons or <sighs> dark so rum. Or, no, no, no. Whiskey, oh, no. Nope. Really? It has to be light, light, white, clear. I said white. There's no white liquors. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> clear liquor. Has to be clear. It That's really it? just has to be vodka because I don't like tequila either, unless they're in margaritas. Okay, so then what we're gonna do now, we'll make some bet in the future where if you lose, you have to do you have to drink a bunch of whiskey or do a bunch of shots. I'd rather eat mayo than have oh. to drink whiskey. Well, you're going to eat mayo because your your off-season plan did not come to fruition. So you picked a date, and guess what? You're going to mayo it up. I should have done it tonight so that I could just go to sleep after it instead of having to spend the whole day with the upset stomach. Yes, that's what we want. I want it early morning on Friday. Wake up and have your mayo. Uh, all right. We, maybe we should do that next week. Okay. All right. See, now I'm pumped up for next week. The next week's show, we're going to stream live. All right. I might. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to think of what beverage I have on the side. Obviously, it's going to be non-alcoholic because it'll be at 9 a.m. My, my time. But I'm going to need something to take away the taste. But mayo and coffee sounds like the worst combination oh, of all time. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that sounds bad. real bad. I'll just point out, I did not have a chaser when I paid off my you had water. No. Oh, no. You don't drink water. Weird. I drink water. What do you think I am? Some sort of mutant? <laughs> you said like you barely drink water. I don't drink You enough, had but... a cough. You had a cough when we were on, uh, you, when you were drinking the mimosas, I think. It was the orange juice. And mm -hmm. instead of going to get water, you drank more orange juice. <laughs> like it, yeah, I don't it understand. It was the sugar that was giving you the gurgling and you went and got more sugar instead of getting water to clear out. <laughs> I was thirsty. Leave me alone. You're so, you're a mean drunk. You know that, Michelle? Yeah. No, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually a really nice drunk. I get very loving. You were very nice when the 49ers won in the playoffs and you popped on the instant reaction show. And oh, I know well, you were. I was gone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was gone. I probably should not have dropped, jumped on that. No. Ah, I loved it. It was great. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. Again, we remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation podcast network. We do appreciate your reviews. As you heard at the beginning of the show, please take 30 seconds. Give us a five-star rating and a review. We got to get that rating up. We're at like 4.3 on Apple. I don't know why. I think I pissed a lot of people off when I first started. But please, please, please leave a review. Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic weekend and prepare yourself because the mayonnaise is coming. Brutal. All right. You guys have to check that one out. You're going to have to watch me on video eating mayo. I'm very sorry. That's not going to be a pretty sight. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Bye, y'all.